Hi, and welcome to Forest of the Future, the podcast series where we look into how innovation in FSC can help save our forests. We all know that forests play a key role in combating climate change and the biodiversity crisis that we're facing. In this series, we explore how innovation, especially within tech tools, but also more broadly, can help us protect our forests and support the mission of FSC, which is to ensure responsible management of our forests worldwide. Today, we're going to dive into a topic that I'm becoming increasingly excited about, open data and what it could bring to the certification world. FSC and ISIL have joint forces on the open data agenda, and today you'll get to learn much more about what that is, why it's so important, and what the impact could be. When I talked to our own CIO, Michael Maroos, and to the Director of Innovations at ISIL, Patrick Millet. Let's not waste any more time on introductions and instead dive right into my conversation with the two very knowledgeable and future-minded gentlemen. Michael, I'd like to start with you. Could you tell us what open data is and how it can be relevant to FSC's work? Um, what is open data and all of these open movements? They are those initiatives that for the last more than 10 years have sought to remove a lot of restrictions and, and what I would call barriers to accessing and using and distributing or publishing uh, digital information, content, documents, images, data sets, other information resources. So these movements, which have their roots in government, in research institutions, in academia, have brought forth or, or really given rise to what today are a lot of important information technology platforms, protocols, and management mechanisms that allow organizations to adopt an open style and open management way of distributing and getting their uh, information out in the right places. So open data and open knowledge, open access, these are all movements that in order to remove these barriers to getting to the information have instituted the ways to actually do it and how to standardize on really um, everything from the publication process, the, the discovery process, the use uh, through search engines and other ways to, to discover uh, content and data. These, these movements have, have brought forth a set of technologies and standards that allow information on the internet to, to flow and get to the relevant uh, place. Okay, so that was very general. So for somebody who's <laughs> not as knowledgeable about this area like myself, could you be more specific in terms of how is this relevant for the work that we're doing in FSC? Well, um, how it's relevant for the work in FSC, I think it's relevant that we want to go beyond the the idea that that being a transparent organization, having all of our information published on the web and having it um, accessible or or available in in certain ways is is enough. Just because information is available and we have certificate data, audit reports, impact studies, standards, you know, a variety of, of information resources that we publish today 
But publishing with the idea that availability is enough for transparency. Transparency is so that is is a means by which we work so that our information is truly useful, that it can be reached. I mean, what it really means is instituting ways of getting our information out and connecting it so that it's not only published on the web in a way that is available, but it's also accessible. Accessible means that if I'm on a resource about a certain certificate, that's about a certain standard that the certificate is under, and that's in a, a certain region and country, I can start discovering and digging into what that really means in terms of the sustainability aspects of that certificate. The same happens for other information. You can discover about the aspects of responsible forest management through accessing different resources and digging in and connecting to other ones. Why is it so important for FSC to move in this direction? Well, I mean, there are always there are always aspects of being able to to manage information and make it constantly available. And one thing that the whole open movement has instilled is what's called permanent access. So just to give you an example, last year we went through a revamp of our website, lots of information resources there. Um, but, you know, it is it is a chore to to really manage that and let that information continue to live and continue to be relevant when you're trying to just manage your basic information resources like a website. So in in today's world, uh, having those permanent uh, accessible repositories of information means that you don't have to deal with the bulk of information in terms of a lot of files and what they're really about and, and can they be organized in a way that's relevant to today's world? No, we have the core resource that allows that data to flow into any web offering in, in terms of a website or an app. So this data having permanent access and being described is consistent with it truly being open and accessible and usable. Hmm. So I think I might be trying to get it. So. So what you're saying is that a lot of it is about standardizing it in, in a certain way and ensuring that it has the relevant meta information and putting it on some kind of platform, potentially like openfsc.org. I don't know. Correct Absolutely. Me if I'm wrong. Absolutely. And, and then ensuring that that portal is then connected to any relevant website in reality so that it can harvest the information continuously instead of going to an individual subpage on a website, uploading a file, and then having to remember to replace that in five years when a document becomes updated or irrelevant. Right. That's that's exactly right. And I mean it actually goes quite deep into that into that scenario. We could go even deeper looking at um, what we've done with our open knowledge repository, open.fsc.org. I mean that should be a keystone for permanent access to all of our resources. So that having all of the, the normative documents about FSC, our policy standards, procedures, and, and normative processes is fundamental to FSC progressing forward. But what does that mean with, with other information that, that we could put in the same repository? Once we bring certificate data in, we can start linking that to those standards, but also linking it to the geospatial data that would be recorded in that repository. 
So, I mean, it starts bringing together not only what a certificate is, but where it is, what issues does, does it um, face because of its region, because of certain um, aspects of problems with forest in that, in that country or region. So it starts to open up possibilities to really make sense of information, not only because you have one uh, document in front of you, but you have an open door to a variety of things that are relative to it. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're starting to touch upon some of the key business drivers there. Could you expand on that a little bit? Well, I mean, key business drivers, clearly, as a member of the ICL Alliance, FSC, you know, in terms of sustainability, in terms of our ability to be transparent and to be open about our processes, we clearly have a lot to, to do to maintain that. And we, again, we do this today. We publish a lot of information. We do it on a variety of platforms. But to do that and make it relevant for some of the pressing issues that we have today and the knowledge that, for example, for sustainable development goals or working with governments, we need to ensure that our information is in the right places and relevant in a variety of of contexts. So, It's not just about our own core pieces of information that are regarding our standards, our policies, and our improvements, but it's also in a broader landscape that is relevant to some of the biggest problems we have today. So the business drivers are many. They're the clear efficiency goals and, you know, of managing this type of information, but it's also really making it travel and get into the right places and be comparative in a broader landscape. Mm-hmm. Okay, very interesting. And, and Mark, you mentioned ICL Alliance here, and, and luckily we have Patrick here uh, because FSC is a member of ICL. But but Patrick, could you start off by briefly describing what ICL is uh, and what your role is in the certification world? Of course. So ICL is the Global Membership Association for Sustainability Systems. Uh, we bring together many of the leading sustainability standards and certification programs in a learning network. So essentially trying to improve the effectiveness and ability of these systems like FSC to drive sustainability impacts on the ground. And so we work around good practices for how you operate your system for standard setting, for assurance, for monitoring and evaluation, as well as looking at how we can support initiatives like FSC to innovate and really become better at using data, at being able to take advantage of um, the way that stakeholder expectations are evolving around how sustainability is achieved and positioning them, those tools for increased effectiveness in the future. Mm-hmm. But how do you then ensure that these member initiatives, like like the one uh, about open data and FSC, actually fits the ICL aims? Well, so <laughs> luckily, you know, we have a, a lot of flexibility in ICL to identify where the where the trends are and how the expectations around sustainability and sustainability standards are evolving, and and because of that, we actually have been able quite successfully to position ICL's strategy and our primary intent, our primary goals to capture some of those priorities that we're seeing of which things like data and open data are 
right at the top of the list. And and so it's it's less about ensuring that members' initiatives are fitting in with ICL's aims and more understanding what stakeholder expectations are and how ICL and its members can adapt and evolve to meet those. So we've been pretty good at uh, seeing what's coming and because of that, being able to position ICL's activities in support of that. And I think just looking at data, there's been a significant evolution over the last five years where sustainability standards used to be more analog systems, really just focused on a certification audit process and getting certified products to market. But increasingly, the systems and their stakeholders are realizing how important data is as a communications tool, as a, uh, an improvement tool, and really starting to invest in a range of different ways to improve their own internal data capacity to make better use of data and create value from it. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're seeing a lot of different similar initiatives like the ones from FSC. Could you give us examples of a few of those? Oh, sure. Yeah, there's, uh, I mean, literally within ICL, one of our major programs is focused on sustainability standards as better data managers. And so there's the boring background stuff of, but, you know, fundamental of data governance and really putting your systems in place to manage data better. And that's everything from understanding what data you have and who owns the data um, and how that data moves within your system all the way through to the more exciting stuff like uh, uh, the work that we're doing with ICL members on geospatial information, building their capacity to put their uh, certified enterprises on a map and and seeing that as a, a foundation for being able to layer in all sorts of other existing and interesting data sets that allow for deeper analysis and identification of risk and and really being able to target the issues that matter in the places that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Evidencia, which is uh, an initiative. It's a, a website that houses a fairly authoritative set of data uh, research and, and other background information about not only ICL members, but other sustainability systems in a way that is trying to be as accessible as possible. And we can, we can talk about that in the context of open data. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got metrics and data insights as another stream of work where members are really looking at how can they bring in different sources of data beyond just what they gather through their audit process or monitoring and evaluation. So how can they strengthen or enrich the data that is informing their picture of how enterprises are operating on the ground and and really give a better sense of where the areas of high risk that they need to focus, not just their assessments, but also their capacity building and their activities to to strengthen the performance of those enterprises on the ground. Mm-hmm. And and what do you, you say that it, it that these initiatives are are often based on external pressure from stakeholders? What do you think are driving those stakeholders to ask for more open data and more structured data? 
I mean, if you step back from sustainability standards or even other sustainability tools, you can see there's a natural evolution to more and better data being available. And I think the transition that, that is most relevant for us is seeing an increased emphasis and desire by stakeholders to have information about sustainability outcomes, that certification as a stamp of approval is no longer good enough. It's more about how can we show the progress on the ground that has happened on the issues that people care about. And there we're seeing uh, a lot of emphasis, a lot of emergence of new and interesting data-driven tools that work almost in parallel to certification. You can imagine just on the geospatial front, the work that's progressed on forest cover loss and other related geospatial information is really informing a lot of policy and private sector commitments around deforestation. And, and so those types of technology tools are things, you know, you're now looking at standard systems and saying, okay, well, what can you show us? What can you deliver in terms of visible and easily understood information about change on the ground? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what are you doing more specifically to prepare for the use of more open data in ICL? So within ICL, I mean, we're obviously a partner with FSC on this open data project, and we're a partner because we do see the value of this for ICL members as a whole. And and there, there's a, a variety of values. I think if digress just a little bit, it is, it's important to recognize that the ideal of open data is a good one to aim for. And there's a lot of hurdles that we're trying to overcome to get there. So it's not just about making this information available, but recognizing that there are some fundamental constraints around who currently owns the data, how accessible that data is, and where it's made available, and what we standard systems as data carriers, not necessarily even data owners, can do with that information. So a lot of this is about trying to support ICL members to get better at knowing who owns the information and where it is and how they can put data sharing agreements in place that allow for use and access. And that sort of foundation then will create a, a, a better um, a better starting place for organizations to make data more available. And I think the, the interest in open data is very much about uh, how can we respond to this trend where the expectations around stakeholders, you know, society in general wants to have information available in the form that they want it at the time they want it. Um, and what specific information they want. And those three things are uh, most easily achieved when your data is open. And it's not, again, to digress, it's not a, it's either open or it's not. You know, this is a spectrum. And I think what we're doing over time is moving standards towards more open and accessible data. And that that's going to be a fairly long-term transition, but one that will benefit both the ICL members and their stakeholders. Mm -hmm. If you look at the ICL community at large, where would you say that, that, that we, your members basically are currently on that spectrum? Are they fairly towards the quite closed data locked up in PDF kind of types? 
or, or are you seeing a rapid movement towards more open or where would you place the community as such? Yeah, so so a couple of years ago, it absolutely was audit reports in PDF, inaccessible, uh, multiple databases with information that doesn't speak to each other. And I think I'd position them mostly around the point of improving the interoperability and, and accessibility of their information internally. So just aligning those databases and making sure that one hand speaks to the other and getting that information from the audits out of PDFs, uh, but not yet at the point where that information is open. And I think geospatial is a really good example of this, where uh, the members, most want ones that are engaged with ICL on this journey are able to make geospatial data about their certified enterprises uh, available um, not necessarily on a map and not necessarily completely open, but are facing challenges, you know, very concrete and annoying challenges around data availability and uh, transparency in different jurisdictions. So there are countries where it's just not legal to make information available about the location of different enterprises or different uh, certified units. Um, so that kind of challenges where they're currently focused and how they're um, trying to set the stage for more open data in the future. Mm -hmm. Are you trying to support and coordinate across those? Because it, that sounds like more of a certification scheme systemic issue that runs across all of the different certification schemes and not just like this one individual certification scheme. Or Yeah, so I think one of the core tenets and uh, ways of operating of ICL is to bring members together around common issues and help to find solutions or good practices that then the different standards can adopt. And in this case, the, our work on geospatial uh, information is is really one that has drawn a lot of attention from ICL members um, and one that we think is fairly central going forward. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, Michael, uh, luckily, we can say that we've moved from that very closed uh, PDF uh, and standalone databases uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and are on, and on the trajectory to being uh, more open. Uh, but what are the initiatives in, in FSC that we're doing right now to make this a reality? Well, we have important initiatives for the management of data and therefore the publication of data. So clearly the one we mentioned before on open.fsc.org, which is our open knowledge repository, is our target location of really connecting all of our information, storing it, making it available, making it accessible in a variety of contexts. But then we have um, specific initiatives that are more data intense and specifically I think that our geospatial analysis tool is probably one of the most fundamental also benef benefiting from the, the the data that we have in open.fsc.org um, which is geospatial data on the certified areas this specifically will allow for analysis and connecting both where the forests are with the, the data that's about the forest and the analysis that actually comes from using that data. 
others are, especially when you mentioned the, the PDFs of audit reports, we will be soon seeing new types of uh, audit reports coming for forest management. So our new template and data system for forest management reports is fundamental to not only getting out of the, the PDF realm of publish, publishing that data, there will still be a, a, a public summary that's available. But behind that public summary will be data that a researcher or or other stakeholder can use to perform analysis and dig in deeper into what's happening in that forest. Does that mean that the data that we then collect is open for anyone, anywhere, and they can just access it? No. Um, I think one thing that Patrick said on you know the spectrum of accessibility um, of information, there's clearly these open movements have not just meant that everything is out and accessible to everyone. There are appropriate levels of access that that should be there. So what is currently defined as public summary data will still be available not only in a PDF but in a data format. But what what is all of the all of the other data that is not fully publicly accessible mean? It means that auditors can uh, perform their audits in ways and with knowledge that was not available before. So it really changes the shape of the ability to improve the system and target how to improve the system using data to to not only have insight but express what the foresight would be. Mm-hmm. And I guess some of it is all just very tangible, uh, practical uh, benefits. Like I know for from the uh, forest audit report template that you can, because the data is now standardized, it's put into the database, you can actually pre-fill the template with what was the corrective action measures last time and have they been fulfilled since the last audit. So you That's don't right. have to go look back in an old PDF and copy paste stuff. It can actually just be fetched. Would would this kind of data be what we can find on openfsc.org or what kind of things is it that you could find there now and in the future? So what you would find there now is our all of our normative documents, everything that is published in terms of policy standard procedure, uh, advice note. So you'll find all of those normative documents right now on FSC, um, open.fsc.org. Um, you also benefit from seeing how they they improve over time. So you will already find that uh, a Spanish version becomes available at a certain time, that a new version comes out or a specific piece of advice comes out and you actually can track the history of this. Many stakeholders in in, in a collaborative uh, system like FSC need to have a bit of history in, in terms of standard setting processes. And so it's really a great benefit to have all of that connected already. Um, what you also find in open today in openfsc.org is uh, 50% of forest uh, geospatial files that are published there. And those are published voluntarily from those who um, are able to publish the data. Those include certificate holders and national offices that have the uh, data available and have published through our uh, open.fsc.org their uh, forest management um, 
map files. Mm -hmm. So you'll find those today. What you'll find in the future, you'll also find these podcasts. That's mm -hmm. true, Loa. You'll find podcasts about FSC and other resources that are that are outside of the realm of, of just standard setting um, normative documents, as well as the geospatial files. But um, in the future, what will you find? You should find all certificate information. You should find impact related uh, studies and data. This is where things actually will start connecting to each other so that digging into I, you know, the need of a stakeholder to look at uh, sustainability standard in FSC, look at it at, a, at the with a facet of a certain region with a certain issue, one that contains a certain species, one can find and focus on the right set of information from a variety of types of information about certificates, the standards, uh, where those forests are, what are the impact studies saying about that, it starts to bring the picture not into one small focus, but in a broader focus area. How will this impact our stakeholders? Will it give them more work or new workflows or? Loa, I, I can't imagine that it would give them more work. We, we, I mean, since joining FSC, from every perspective of stakeholders who are looking for the information, they're searching for the information and, and, and generally it's available. It's just not findable or discoverable or re related to what they're doing. So, I mean, we're talking standard setting working groups that are trying to work to improve our standards for the next version of a, of a national standard, for example all the way to researchers who are trying to open those audit reports and see how many corrective actions there were in a given period and of what time and which ones were addressed. I mean, we put the bottlenecks by publishing in a certain way. Yes, it's transparent. Yes, it's available. But availability is not equal to full transparency or the highest level of transparency. Once we make that accessible, then uh, for our stakeholders, information should flow and it should be no nonsense to dig into the information and guide your way to get where you want. This micro data and data about we use every day and it becomes pervasive and, and, and evident in not only the search interface. If you use a, a maps app to, to find you know, things that are near you, find if they're open, what's the phone number? Is there something that's nearby in the given time that I need? You know, coming with FSC, our stakeholders with apps, with our web resources, should not have a one-way street to a piece of information, but they should have truly a super highway of information available to them based on where they are. Mm -hmm. Patrick, is this something that you were seeing as a theme across your members? The theme that we're seeing across our members is more about making information available more easily and more accessibly. I, I think if you ask them, are you ready to make all your information openly available? You probably get some pushback. It is this longer term transition. And I think the idea of making information more available and accessible is definitely one that a lot of our members are moving towards. 
Um, and some of them are taking baby steps and some of them are, are taking significant leaps. Mm-hmm. So are you doing something actively to, to push them yourself as well? Well, I think uh, the most active thing is working with FSC on this uh, on this open data project. The idea of that is in part to support FSC to put the the open data platform in place for your systems, but at the same time to use that as a a model and uh, improvement mechanism for other organizations to see how it's done and how they can. Uh, they can take that learning and apply it equally within their organizations. So behind this uh, repository of information, there are the the metadata pieces and the schemas, and and those are the things where we're trying to build buy-in and support by other ICL members to have and use those types of repositories and schemas, the the things that go into the background that make the sharing of information uh, more easily accessible. So the organizations, the members that are participating in this project, they're the ones that are uh, most closely aligned with and following the path of FSC. And our job then is to support members through this project to first learn about what this is and how it works, but also, and I think fundamentally, identify what the value propositions are, what's in it for them, what will, how will they benefit and how will their stakeholders benefit. And if there's a good value proposition for sharing certain types of information, that's going to make the case a lot easier to convince the decision makers to move in this direction. Mm-hmm. Could you give an example of a good value proposition on any given data set that you have? Like, what would be a good value proposition for the scheme owner, but also for the consumer and, mm-hmm. and other stakeholder groups. Well, we've touched on it a couple of times in, in this conversation. It's the geospatial information. For me, that's the, the most valuable piece that we have because uh, having good accessible geospatial information about certified enterprises is really valuable for the members, um, but for the standards and certification programs themselves, because it does give that visual representation of where are we operating in the world. And that in itself is valuable, but it's increasingly useful for cross-referencing that with other openly available data sets to understand how does how do certified enterprises overlap with uh, areas of uh, poverty or uh, poor water availability or high deforestation risk? All of those things really help to clearly and quickly get a sense of what are the issues we need to worry about, we need to address in different places. So that's a critical value proposition for the standard schemes themselves. But it's also really useful for businesses, for consumers. You know, the future of data is visual and visualizing certified enterprises on a map is a a fundamental first step in showing where certified production happens and how it uh, has the potential to impact the sustainability issues that, that companies and consumers care about. Mm-hmm. And I know, Michael, that, that for you, one of the first things you, you uh, initiated when arriving at FSC was FSCs on the maps, which is basically yep. what Patrick is describing, putting all certified entities on a map. Would you agree that that's the most valuable uh, 
are the most important value proposition that we have from moving towards open data? Or are there others that are more important to you? Well, I would agree to a great extent. The, the geospatial or the where component is almost always on the radar of any stakeholder. And Patrick mentioned several that, that have been evident also here in FSC. I mean, we see not only um, in, in trying to look at landscape approaches and the where component of where we're working nearby or in proximity, but all the way to the consumer who is expecting to really understand what's behind that label and the choice that I've made. And a lot of that is connected to what are the sustainability aspects, but it's also where, what's this about? What, what impact does this have? You know, data is visual. The, it's, it's no uh, surprise that visualizations and, and really the analytics part of data, the things that we see today, we're becoming data scientists, we're becoming more uh, intense on it. It really is the way to gain insights and also project future improvements of a system and understand where you are. Other important things is we get out of a, what I would call a capability trap that, you know, we, we want to answer to our stakeholders. We try to build these information systems in a way that it answers to them, but we build them every single time there's a need. We should set ourselves up to already manage and publish that information in a way that it can travel and be used and be applied. So if you look five years ahead, Michael, in your vision, what, is, what does that look like then for you? How open is FSC? How far have we come along in five years? Uh, in five years, we we should be at a uh, at a place where no matter what your stake is in FSC, either as a potential certificate holder, where you want to do a self assessment and use electronic tools to help you understand what you need to become certified and maintain your certification and what level of knowledge is required, all the way to the consumer that is really trying to make the right decisions, the good decisions and understand what's behind them, we should be able to, to, to answer to those uh, with our, our digital innovations work and platforms that will be built on that. What about you, Patrick, in, in ISIL? If you look five years ahead, where are you on data? So I think first and foremost, sustainability standards will see themselves as data managers. So I talked about this earlier, standard systems as data managers. It's a nice throwaway catchphrase, but you know, fundamentally to think about uh, how your organization is structured and uh, where the value derives within your organization is a fairly fundamental shift. And so seeing yourself as a data organization, I think requires changes both to the operating systems, but also to the way that people perceive of, of what a sustainability standards and certification system is and does. Um, and so I'd like to see that transition having been made. Um, I don't think that standard systems are going to be just data managers, but I think that they're going to see the value of data and put that first and foremost in the way that they interact with stakeholders and how they present information and, and create value 
for their stakeholders. Um, I also see that there's a transition in the way that certification happens and that it isn't, as I, I alluded to earlier, it isn't just about a certification audit, but it's about being much better able to draw in multiple sources of data, data that is openly available from other places and match it with your own openly available data to really give a rich picture of performance and potential performance uh, and how that's shifting over time so that they can better be able to communicate progress and communicate uh, the impacts that they're having on the ground in closer to real time. It's a big ask, but we're on that trajectory. Some organizations are going to get there faster than others, but hopefully we can help to support all of them to move in that direction. That's it. I hope you're just as excited as me about open data and how a different approach to our data certification standards could open up for a completely new set of possibilities. Because I agree with Michael. We've always put our data out there and made it available, but that isn't the same thing as it being findable and usable. I can't wait to follow this journey towards certification standards becoming expert data managers and enabling our data to not only be accessible, but also discoverable, useful and impactful. If you want to get in touch with us or follow our work, I encourage you to join our LinkedIn group. It's called FSC Digital Innovation and it's open for everyone. You can also always get in touch with me on digitalinput at fsc.org. I'm Laura Worm and this was Forest for the Future.